And welcome back into the Bama on three show. This is your host, Clint Lamb, sitting here once again with Jimmy Stein. Jimmy, it is Wednesday. Uh, we seem to be having a, a tough time getting the podcast going this morning. A lot coming up, but hey, the, the, the people deserve one, and we're going to give them one no matter what it takes. How are you doing this fine morning? Doing great. You realize tomorrow, of course, we love football. We love high school football. We love college football. We love NFL football. That's what we do here. And tomorrow, tomorrow, high school football games will be played that count. So tomorrow, the 2022 football season really begins in my mind. I know it's just high school games and it's a limited Thursday night schedule, but there are games all over Alabama Thursday night. These games count. No more preseason. Yep. Uh, Athens, where I played, uh, is playing East Limestone rivalry game, only about, what, 15, 20 minutes apart, and they're playing tomorrow night. So might have to get done with all of my stuff, make a two-hour drive or so up north to watch the game and then turn around and come back come back right after that's how desperate i am to see some football that matters and means something i'm pumped about it um speaking of football that matters alabama's in the middle of fall camp and before we get started i do want to say uh you know obviously with the transition and, and bama insider coming over that's created a lot of you know trying to figure out schedules and who's going to do what and when they're going to do what. And it's just been kind of figuring out how we're going to move forward with all of this stuff. And the Bama on three podcast, it might not, or Bama on three show, which is a podcast, might not continue in the same way that it has. Uh, might be renamed. I don't know. Uh, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. But we're going to continue to provide content. Now, one thing we do want to announce is that we're figuring out it's probably going to be Thursday nights, but it might be another night, uh, might be, you know, a different time. We'll just have to wait and see. But Jimmy and I are going to be doing a one-hour live show on YouTube once a week, and then we're going to turn around and take that live show, and we're going to make it into podcasts, you know, MP3 it, and then upload it for you guys. So anybody that likes sitting in your car and, you know, listening to it, not getting on YouTube if you're not a YouTube person, whatever night we do it, It'll be up by the next morning, early in the morning, for you to listen to on your way to work or whatever. You know, the timing of it, if it, if it is on Thursdays, it'll probably be more looking ahead and, you know, game previews rather than game recaps. But, you know, the, I think it'll work out just fine. But on top of that, I mean, it's possible that we'll also be doing a just a regular podcast for you guys that we'll be uploading earlier in the week where we maybe, you know, re review what happened or something to the store, we'll do mailbags, which the mailbag stuff is going to more so be show related, right? You know, you'll have some live stuff where people are, will ask questions and we'll give our takes on it. But then also, you know, there'll be some pre mailbag questions that are set up where you guys can ask, whether it be through Twitter or the message boards or whatever. And you can get, you can still get your question in, questions in. You could still talk to Jimmy and I. And everything's going to be rolling pretty smooth. So, Jimmy, I don't know about you, but I'm certainly looking forward to the live show with you, man. It, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I'll try. It's live. It's live. I'll try not to curse. That's that's always goal number one. And if Alabama is not playing really well, that'll be hard harder uh, some weeks than others. But, uh, oh, man, it's, it's going to be fun. I uh, love talking football with you. love talking football that interests all our, our subscribers and people who are interested in Alabama fans and I can't believe after the long wait, it's all here. It is. I mean, it, we're what, just over a week away? About a week and a half from week zero, watching the right. almighty Vanderbilt take on the Hawaii 
yeah. a warrior are they the warriors the rainbow the, the warriors now although that's hard to keep up with but yeah go go commodores i guess if that's week zero this weekend is week minus one yes week, week negative one negative one okay we'll go yeah. with that we're um, gonna make out of that somehow i like it and we, you know we are getting some preseason football and stuff but it's just not the same. I always well, get really pumped for preseason football, and then it actually starts happening, and then I start watching, and then I'm like, this is good. It, it's football. It's something that's not a replay. There's actually things to check out and try to figure out, review, whatever you want to call it, but it's not the same as the real thing, Jimmy. Well, Friday night, speaking of the real thing, uh, look out for posts on the board. I don't think I'm going to do a, a content uh, story, but uh, I will have – posts on the board i'm going to try i can't guarantee it but i'm going to try to see the first half of northridge versus uh hillcrest in tuscaloosa and report on uh wilkin formby committed to alabama the tackle from northridge it's committed uh just kind of my opinion and 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 evaluation of his at least first half performance against a really good hillcrest team from tuscaloosa northridge also features a junior uh, defensive back that has an Alabama offer banks, uh, you know, I'll be keeping an eye on him too. So, uh, I will be seeing football that counts Friday night and, uh, we'll be posting about it on the Bama insider message board. So be sure to subscribe if you haven't. Yeah. Only $1 for the entire year. Uh, I really, and truly don't think you're going to beat that anywhere else. Um, you're your lifetime. If you care about Alabama sports media coverage, it's the deal of your lifetime. This is never going to be offered again anywhere. And it's it's crazy that the bosses, you know, uh, want this to happen. And I'm like, oh, all right. Well, all right. A dollar. A dollar it is. And, uh, man, I mean, it's the best Alabama sports media coverage deal that you will be offered in your lifetime. Man, just imagine if you could roll to your local Dollar Tree and you walk in there and they said it's an Bama Insider subscription for the next 12 months. And it's only $1. You would be completely beside yourself. That's exactly what this is. So definitely take advantage. Like I said, only $1 for the entire year. Andrew Bones now on the team leading the charge. You know, I guess you'd say you got his recruiting takes. You've got Joseph Hastings providing, you know, some Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen duo action going on there. You got Kyle Henderson handling all the YouTube videos and doing a great job of keeping all that stuff straight and saying, hey, you need to be on this time and, you know, just the coordination between the team is fantastic. It's taking a little bit of time just to adjust to everything. It's a little bit different, but it's different in a good way. And so we certainly want all of you guys to be a part of it. The community over there, the the talk of champions message boards with Bam Insider, just some of the, the people that we already have. Jimmy, they were bringing up and, and they had, you know, nuggets and information that I didn't have. It's like, okay, well, I might need to go check on this um, because I had not heard that. And that's very interesting. And, and they're the ones that are bringing it. So it's not just, you know, all of us. We got some great posters on the message boards. So definitely come subscribe, join, and be a part of the community if you haven't already. Now, what we're going to be doing today is talking about, really, I, I just, you know, it's, it's very, it'll be sort of overview in some ways, but position by position, just what we know about it, you know, through fall camp. Uh, there's going to be some positions where you're not going to break it down too much. You know, the quarterbacks, it is what it is, right? I guess we can go ahead and knock that out really quick. Um, Bryce Young has been performing fine. I still think he needs to build, you know, more chemistry with the guys who he's actually going to have available to him this upcoming season. 
you know, it's something that I talked about recently uh, on Monday Night Quarterback. And Jimmy, this is and this will be a way to do the quarterbacks and the receivers. If there's anything that you want to add as far as Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson, certainly feel free to do so. But we'll kind of take this opportunity just to combine both of them. When you think about the the constant, the one constant throughout the entire time that Bryce Young has been the starting quarterback at Alabama, spring, summer, fall, both last year, this year, really, I mean, there's only been one guy who's constantly been there as far as a, a pass catcher is concerned, and it's been Trayshawn Holden. Otherwise, sure. I mean, Ja'Cory would miss the spring. You know, guys who were the starters last year, obviously they've moved on to the NFL. Javon Baker has transferred. Ajayi Hall has transferred. JoJo Earl is currently banged up. Jalil Billingsley has transferred. Cameron Latou, you know, a tight end, another pass catcher. He's banged up right now. So there's a lot of new that Bryce Young is trying to get used to, and it's going to take a little bit of time for quarterback and receiver to gel a little bit. Yeah, I, I watched uh, this week. Uh, I'm able to, you know, I watched the, the whole playback of the previous season before the new season starts to just kind of remind me of, of things that may have, have slipped past me. And and, and I, so my final game, of course, I watched was the national championship game. And I, I was able to get through that. Uh, that was a painful fourth quarter. But what, what it reminded me, it reminded me of several things. And and you've already kind of mentioned, I'd, I'd forgotten uh, it, it wasn't a fantastic performance, but Treshawn Holden caught a lot of balls in that game. I think he caught, and, and I'm going by just viewing it. I'm not looking at a box score. He probably caught six balls or more uh, in that game. And Holden, uh, and again, it wasn't a playmaking thing. It wasn't like Holden was fantastic, but it just goes to show you how there is a chemistry there. They've known each other a long time. Treshawn went from zero catches as a freshman to something like 26 as a sophomore. Uh, I, I think Holden is a guy that maybe he won't prove to be Alabama's best guy or second best guy, but he's going to be solidly in the rotation. He's going to play a lot. And by rotation, I mean first quarter, first game. Holden's going to be in there, whether he starts or not. And uh, and there is some chemistry there, and I think he's a good possession receiver uh, I don't think he's ever going to be super high end but he's good and uh and he has been around and uh one other thing I noticed <laughs> uh uh Burton but I got to see Jermaine Burton play of course I'd seen George a few times last year I was familiar with him but uh Burton catches a ball early on Brian Branch he beats Kool-Aid late he beat Kyrie Jackson so bad on a go route that Kyrie intentionally tackled him to keep him from scoring a touchdown. It was actually a smart play on Kyrie's part, taking that 15-yard penalty as opposed to giving up a touchdown, Jermaine Burton. But Burton didn't catch a ton of balls, but he beat Branch, he beat Kool-Aid, and he beat Kyrie deep. Uh, I got kind of excited about thinking what Burton might look like catching balls from Bryce Young. Yeah, and going back to Treshawn Holden, uh, you know, fans need to get used to it. You know, he's this year Slade Bolden, right? A lot of people last year, for whatever reason, they they did not want Slade Bolden in the lineup. They felt like they had more talent, more explosiveness, and just better players available. But you have to be reliable. You know, the coaching staff and Bryce Young, you know, in particular, they have to to know that you're going to do your job on a play-in, play-out basis. And if you're not doing that, they would rather have Treshawn Holden out there, just like they would have rather have had Slade Bolden out there. 
And, you know, he's actually doing some pretty good things for the Baltimore Ravens and could end up making that squad. So he's not quite as bad as a lot of, you know, fans tried to make him out to be. He had a couple of plays over his career where you're like, ah, I'm sure he would probably want to have that back. But, you know, Trayshawn Holden, in a lot of ways, he's very similar. A lot of people look at him and they don't see flash, you know, but he's he's steady. Um, does he struggle to get off press coverage? Yes. Is he limited athletically? Yes. But he, you know, he's got good uh, chemistry with uh, with Bryce Young. He's been in the system for a while. He understands what to do. The coaching staff knows what they're going to get from him. And I think a very important element that people forget is, you know, you lose Cameron Latou at tight end. You haven't really had anybody in any of those younger players who are more flex can be moved around a little bit. You haven't seen any of those guys step up. So having that 6'3", 215 you know, pound receiver bringing more of that size element, maybe in the red zone, especially which Trajan Holden had a red zone touchdown during the scrimmage, bringing that element and having it or getting it from him is a lot more important than I think people realize. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think you bring up an excellent point about how Bryce hasn't worked with these guys a lot. That's a little scary. There is, that is a thing, you know, it's not like these, that's why fall camp lasts a while. That's why the NFL lasts a while. Even it, I, I, Aaron Rodgers, maybe one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever lived, uh, just this morning, uh, was was talking about how disappointed he is a little bit in the younger receivers in Green Bay, and and I think part of that is because they are they they've yet to build any sort of a chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you get to learn your brain learns how fast this kid is, or or how slower this kid is, or I can't put the ball there with him. He won't be able to bring it in. I got to be precise with this guy, but on this guy, I can throw it anywhere near him and he'll catch it. it that's not something you're going to learn in a day or a week. And eventually you subconsciously learn it. It becomes almost part of your muscle memory. And that's so vital. And, and it's something that Alabama has been missing. Now, who's going to be the best receivers? Uh, be really interesting to see to, to get some, some scoop, uh, maybe post scrimmage, but, uh, you know, I, I still think that Jermaine Burton will be wide receiver one for Alabama this year. I think Ja'Cory Brooks will be the second best. And I think the primary slot receiver early will be Christian Leary. And later it will be JoJo Earl. And that Trayshawn Holden, uh, for one, is going to be a significant player off the bench. And I'm coming around on believing that Kobe Prentice might be a significant player off the bench. And by off the bench, I mean they'll be in the first team rotation. They might just not play the first snap of the game. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and right now, and things could certainly change very quickly. I, I was right there with you as far as Christian Leary being the primary slot guy. For right now, until I actually see that happening, which it could very well happen this weekend, I'm going to go ahead and say that Trayshawn Holden is in the starting lineup because he does have that trust and he is doing some good things with it. And he's kind of earned that opportunity more, you know, I, I would assume. But right. the top four right now <clears throat> with JoJo Earl out is going to be Burton, Brooks, Holden, and, and Leary, in my opinion. And you talk about Prentice, you know, having five catches in that first scrimmage, did some good things. Nick Saban immediately followed that up and said, you know, there have been guys pretty much every day. It's been a different guy stepping up and, you know, showing that he can play at a high level and he can do some really good things. What they're looking for is consistency. And right now, Kobe Prentice has the best opportunity that he's going to have to be able to work his way into the mix and stay there. 
because you do have JoJo Earl out. You do have, you know, Aaron Anderson, who was a guy who we heard had a pretty good summer for Alabama. He's banged up right now. When those guys start coming back, you know, a, a guy like Kobe Prentice, I mean, his opportunity by that point will have come and gone. So I think that this scrimmage is very important coming up on Saturday. I think, you know, as you work closer to the season, if he can get involved and get in the mix in some of these games, you know, whether it be Utah State or Texas or Vanderbilt or, you know, um, Louisiana Monroe, especially before JoJo Earl gets back, he needs to be able to have established himself as a reliable playmaker who can play with consistency and can be an asset to the offense and not be a hindrance at any point. But you also got Tyler Harrell, who's also in that you know conversation as well. Really, we're talking about starters. We're talking about death players. And Tyler Harrell is not being mentioned right yeah. now as one of those guys. It, should Alabama fans be concerned about that? That's a great question and a great point. And it's something we probably should have seen coming. I, I, I think we a veteran player is transferring in, right? And I think we have a tendency as fans to go, okay, well, he's a veteran. He's going to pick up things very fast well that's probably not very fair for us to assume uh everything changes everything changes this is a complicated game it's not baseball not picking on baseball but like i always say i think if you've never seen baseball in your life and watch one game by the ninth inning you're gonna have it figured out well i've been watching football now 52 years old i've been watching football since i was you know 12 (laughs) so that's 40 years I still learn stuff every day or something happens. And I'm like, I didn't know that. Uh, Football's complex. It's complicated. Uh, I I think, you know, it's like driving on the other side of the road. I mean, at Louisville, their offense was one thing and they called, you know, uh, uh, they'd call an outright, you know, a a, a 10 yard hitch route was, uh, was, you know, tomato. And now he gets to Alabama and a 10 yard hitch route is, uh, you know, Oak tree. I mean, you have to relearn your entire terminology. You have to learn a system. You have to learn a way of doing things. You have to learn where the bathrooms are. I mean, uh, I think we shouldn't assume that every portal kid is going to catch on quickly. We don't assume that of the freshman, or if you do, you're making a mistake. We assume that, hey, he's 18, he's a true freshman, this is going to be a new offense. This is going to be the most complicated thing he's ever been in. It's going to take him a minute. With the portal guys, we don't assume that. And I think we're, we should, we're wrong for assuming that. And, and for what we hear in terms of whispers, uh, both Eli Ricks and Tyler Harrell have uh, struggled a little bit learning. And we should have expected that and, and not assumed otherwise. I think our biggest mistake was assuming – that Tyler Harrell was going to go from being a situational player for Louisville to being more of a complete player in Alabama's offense just because he comes to Alabama and he's going to have more talent. You know, uh, he was not asked to do a ton. He was very good at what he does. Don't get me wrong. You know, when he's running a go route or, you know, skinny post or things like that, runs those pretty effectively. I mean, average close to 30 yards a catch and had six touchdowns on only 18 receptions, that's that's extremely efficient. But, you know, there's more nuance to playing the position, especially in Tuscaloosa, you know. And I think there's a couple of things that, you know, Jamison Williams did fantastic things for Alabama. He also hurt the perception of how things really are for some fans. Everybody believes that everybody's going to come in and be Jamison Williams. And I'm not just talking about from a skill set standpoint, from an on-the-field production standpoint. 
even though a lot of people applaud that to Tyler Harrell initially as well, I'm talking about the fact that he came in the summer after transferring in, and from the very first game with Bryce Young, he was everything. He had great chemistry with Bryce Young. They had done it in a very short period of time, and it was like they had been playing together for a decade. And so everybody assumes that that's the norm. That's what is one of the things that made Jamison Williams so special was the fact that he was able to do that so quickly. And so I think it's somewhat unfair. And, and Alabama has, has had a very good hit rate. You know, Landon Dickerson comes in from Florida State, immediately becomes a starter and an impact player. Henry Toto, same thing. Jamison Williams, same thing. So everybody, and, and I'm even guilty of this. I think everybody to some degree is. But you're also, you're getting that with, we think we're getting it with, uh, with Jermaine Burton and Jameer Gibbs and probably even Tyler Steen. And so that makes it, it makes it look like Tyler Harrow and Eli Ricks are the outliers and they're the ones that, you know, oh, this is this is real bad. I don't think that's the case. If you're talking about the end of the year and neither one of those two guys, it was never able to click, then you might have a little bit of a problem. I just think that people need to understand just because you're one of those players that can do that doesn't mean that players that can't adjust that quickly are a lost cause or they're a bust or they're not going to pan out. I would say give it a little bit more time. Yeah, and here's a, a, a point that I didn't think about until I heard you say it, and it, it really it really proves all this. Do you remember there'll, there'll be some revisionist history because no one now wants to identify themselves as I was a Bryce doubter, and I know I wasn't, and I know you weren't, but they're, they're out there. Do you remember last September after the first game, second game, third game, fourth game, there was talk that Bryce can't hit the deep ball. Bryce isn't a good – Bryce doesn't throw the deep ball well. Yet, on the team was the fastest player in college football who tracks the ball excellently, who is one of the best deep ball receivers in all of college football. He's on the team. By October and November, Bryce was a Heisman winner, and Jamison Williams should have won the Bolitnikoff because of their connection and ability to hit the deep ball. But in September, it wasn't there. And that's exactly what we're talking about right now. It even took them about four games before they got it down, you know? Uh, and, and we weren't even playing good opponents. What Didn't we play Mercer in week two? Why didn't Jamison have nine catches for 310 yards on go routes against Mercer? They weren't even hitting, hitting it then. So if it took Jamison a little while to catch on, if it took Bryce a little while to build the right chemistry with him, then we were probably pretty nuts for assuming – Tyler Harrell in his 18 career catches at Louisville was going to show up and go, well, we got another Jameson. Uh, I, I think it's going to take a while. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing with Jameson on offense and even Eli Ricks on defense. We know Ricks is a good player. We know he is. That doesn't mean he knows the plays. And, and I know that, that fan, that's one thing I bring up all the time and people get frustrated reading it, but, it's just a fact that if you don't know what to do, it doesn't matter how athletic you are. All you're going to do is get to the wrong place faster. It's 100% true, um, and that's a great way of looking at it. We did see Jamison Williams hit at least one big play in the Miami game in that first okay. game, and, but at the same time, the consistency as far as getting that routine and that chemistry down, you're, you're right. There was some hiccups early in the years. Just people had seen enough of Jamison Williams where they're like, we know this cat can do it, and now it's a matter of just getting on the same page, let them get a little bit of chemistry. But I would say even against Miami, him and Bryce Young were, were pretty on the same page, which I thought was extremely impressive. 
what's what's strange is that I was viewing Jamison Williams in the same way that I was viewing Tyler Harrell last year. You know, I, I saw this guy who I was thinking, you know, wide receiver four, wide receiver five, who is going to do something very specific and add an element to Alabama's offense, and he became more. And he proved very quickly that he was capable of being more. Tyler Harrell, he could certainly do the same thing. You know, you can't completely write him off, but he might be what we all envisioned originally Jamison Williams being, which was a very specific player that was out there for a very specific reason. And you would like to see him become a little bit more diversified with his route tree. You might not get that. You know, I th- I'm sure it's something that Alabama is working with him on. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to be too telling as far as, you know, you being out there and where you can line up and how you're going to get utilized. Then it becomes, you know, more predictable. You want your offense to be as unpredictable as possible. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, right now Alabama doesn't really have a true vertical threat in their top unit. You know, if it's Jermaine Burton, Ja'Cory Brooks, and Trayshawn Holden, that group is not going to be, you know, a dynamic vertical field stretching group. I think Jermaine Burton can do it a little bit. I think Ja'Cory Brooks with his size and leaping ability and his athleticism and his uh, ability to adjust the football in the air, I think he can make some plays downfield. But as far as burner, outrun everybody, that I don't think you got that guy. I do think you could have that guy with Christian Leary, and I think he could both play inside and out, but I think you could get that vertical presence, whether it be from the slot or be on the perimeter. I think Kobe Prentice would offer that a little bit, but we'll just have to wait and see how this whole receiver thing works out. A lot of fans are becoming concerned, and if you are concerned right now, you're probably really concerned because you know, you'll have Jameer Gibbs as a nice little safety blanket, but you don't have Cameron Latou right now, and that's another safety blanket. And so, what are you what are you looking at? Do you, are you going to get dynamic pass catching play from the tight end position? More than likely not. Not with or uh, not with uh, Cameron Latou out. So you're looking at the receivers, and you're saying, okay, you're going to have to pick up a lot of that pass catching slack if you're worried about the receivers. I'm guessing you're pretty. I'm not. The thing, the reason I'm saying that is I'm not overly worried. I think they're going to be fine. Do I think they're going to be dynamic from week one at that spot? No, but I think is. You know, there's options there. We're looking at so many different guys. It could be Burton, Brooks, Holden, Leary, Prentice, eventually Earl. Uh, Harold could get himself in the mix. Aaron Anderson could get himself in the mix. So, you know, Shaz Preston has been, you know, pretty impressive as well. I haven't really heard him working his way up the depth chart or anything, but there's just, there's so many guys right now who could be involved in that mix. And I think they, I mean, I think you at least get three of them that you can trust pretty regularly, you know, more than likely four. And, and they end up being fine. There might be some growing pains and some adjustments as chemistry is, is, you know, getting down between the quarterback and receiver, but I'm not overly concerned. So before we move on to the offensive line, and very quickly, like with everything, we haven't talked in a while, Jimmy. This has turned into a long podcast. We spent probably, I don't even know how long we spent on the receivers, but it was a long time. We'll try to break this up into offense, defense. We'll do, you know, do it that way. And then we'll try to at least make two podcasts for you guys. But do you have anything else on the receivers before we move on to the offensive line? Yeah, even be specific about a prediction. I, I think because of all that we've said, I think there's going to be very early, early, not all year, early, an over-reliance on Jermaine Burton. I, I think that's the guy that they trust. I think that's the guy Bryce trusts. I think Burton came here to catch a lot of balls. Uh, I think Burton is a heck of a player. I think he's going to be a good lesson to fans in terms of, how big scheme is and that Georgia's scheme is so radically different 
that Georgia fans themselves will be stunned at the number of balls on the production that Alabama gets out of Burton. Uh, and really, Burton's not a better player at Alabama than he was at Georgia. It's just a different scheme. He does have a different quarterback, and I do believe that's a big factor, no doubt. But it's not the factor. Uh, the main factor will be Alabama's scheme. I I'll go ahead and, and predict, because it's just fun to be this specific and dumb, I I'm going to say against Utah State, uh, I I'm going to go – I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go nine catches for 155 yards game one. I'm going to go five catches for – I wish I had a little bit more time to think about this, but I would <sighs> say five catches for about 90 yards and one, or, and one or two touchdowns, but it's all going to happen really early in the game, and Alabama's going to take control. And really, you would be very much on pace if they played the whole game. But I would assume it's going to be a little bit less than that. But everybody's walking out and be like, dude, he played like half the snaps in that game. And he had five catches for 90 yards and, and a couple touches. Um, I mean, that's that. So I think what and that's what you're trying to do is, is point out we're going to come out of that game thinking, wow, this guy's the real deal. He can handle volume. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that, yeah, we're on the same page um, as far as that is concerned. It is straight, very crazy how much or how similar this current wide receiver group is to last year's wide receiver group and the way that we viewed it going in, right? Trayshawn Holden's your Slade Bolden, right? Yeah. Uh, Jermaine Burton is the guy, you know, we all thought going into last year, Jermaine Burt, or excuse me, uh, John Mechie was going to be yeah. force-fed early because we didn't know Jameson Williams was going to be a huge thing. So it's right. like, oh, man, we're going to force-feed John Mitchell's going to see a ton of targets, a ton of catches. Did start the year banged up, and a lot of people didn't realize how banged up he still was going into the year, but that was the thought process. Clear number one, going to get a ton of usage. It, offense is going to be run through him in the passing game. Then you've got you know a guy like Tyler Harrell, who is being viewed right now in the same way that Jameson Williams was at this time last year, which is he was brought in for a very specific purpose, being that vertical element. So it is, it's kind of strange how all this is working out, and it's kind of lining up in the same way that you know, obviously the receiving group last year didn't turn out to be what we thought it was going to be, but we viewed it very similarly to how we view this group right now. No, I, 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 lo I love all that. And and I'm wondering if same, same thing, Burton is Mechie, Treshawn is Slade, you know, the a slot guy that the fans are like, oh, not Treshawn again, but he's good, but he's good. He's not going to be great. I mean, not every player is going to be Randy Moss, but uh, I like that. Now the question is, okay, who's Jamison? Here, here's kind of a thought. I wonder if early on, Jamison is going to be Jacory Brooks. And I don't mean that by, I mean, Jacory and Jamison are different players, but they are outside receivers that can make the big play. Now, can they make, is he going to house a, a skinny post from 80 yards? No, I don't think that's the kind of player he is, but he is a big play receiver. I'm wondering myself, maybe September, October, Jamison is Jacory. October, November, Jameson is Tyler Harrell. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's possible. We'll, we'll kind of see how it works out. Um, we've spent over 30 minutes talking about the wide receivers. I thought I, we were going to, I thought we, I can't believe we're rusty. I get it, but I actually, I truly believe we we're going to hop on here and cover every position in 40 minutes. I really did. Uh, I was feeling good about it. Um, <laughs> 17 podcasts later, um, 17 episodes later, we finally get around to finishing up, you know, talking about all the positions. But, okay, the, the way that this is going to work, um, we're probably not going to get to everything right now. 
we are going to hop right back on and do, you know, at least try to finish up the offense. We might have to do the defense at a different time. Like I said, we're more than likely next Thursday night, not this, not tomorrow is when we're going to start the live show. So we'll have a little bit of time between now and then, and you will get some pod, some normal podcast. But for anybody that was wondering, Jimmy and I will be on there together and we'll be doing the same kind of thing, just live and then turning around and, and turning it into a podcast. So appreciate you hopping on here with me for this episode, the the water receiver only episode. Everybody that's at the <laughs> beginning of this honestly thinks we're about to cover everything. And then about halfway through, they're going to think, oh, okay, we're just getting the offense in this episode. And then by the end, they're going to be like, oh, okay, we just, we just got the receivers. But you got a lot of in-depth conversation about the receivers. So yeah, we could cover pretty much everything uh, there is to cover on that group, but appreciate you hopping on here with me. This has been fun. We'll be right back here in just a minute. I'm your host, Clint Lamb, and this is the Bama on three show.